0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Overtime Podcast. Um, I'm here with Jerry, Jeremy Dominic. Um, and so, Jeremy, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, I, uh, I was born in uh, Chicago, Northwest suburbs. Uh, lived there till the summer I turned nine. Uh, my dad's company uh, is headquartered actually in Portland, Maine. He's working in a Chicago office, got a promotion. Back then there was no remote work. So we had to pick up the family, move halfway across the country, uh, moved uh, into our new house three weeks before I turned nine. Grew up in, uh, in Maine, uh, went to school, at University of New Hampshire. Uh, I was always a big sports fan, You know, being in the suburbs of Chicago, you kind of have no choice but to have sports deeply ingrained in yeah. and, and everywhere. Yeah, big Cubs fan, Bulls, Bears, like all, all of it. Um, so I always wanted to – I always enjoyed sports. I always liked being around sports. was never the top athlete in uh, any, any spot. Actually, no, that's not true. In Little League, I was one of the best hitters in Little League. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> and you know what? That's prominent now because it's on TV. So, yeah. yeah right, exactly. We'll, we'll give you that one. Exactly, exactly. So, but once the curveball was introduced, uh, catching it both behind the plate and trying to hit it at the plate, my, my career uh, – kind of tanked, but I held on, played basketball and baseball in high school, Won state championships, you know, had a lot of fun, just really enjoyed being around athletics. Um, So I always had that in the back of my mind that that's what I wanted, that I enjoyed being around it, but didn't really know how to make a career out of that or what I wanted to do with that was also drawn towards math and science. So I actually went to college at University of New Hampshire Uh, as an undeclared engineering major (laughs)
0: yeah.
1: Uh, after a year and a half of that. And, uh, you know, if your students are listening to this, it's probably not good to say, but I almost fell out of school. (laughs) (laughs) Engineering and me just weren't, you know, wasn't a good fit, wasn't a good mix. Um, So I was kind of pouring through the opportunities at at school there and came across uh, at the time it was called a sports studies major. Uh, I was a in the kinesiology department, it was kind of a piecemeal kind of, it's sense it's changed, but it was kind of a piecemeal major where you would take classes in sports studies, which was kind of like the sport industry as a whole, take some marketing, sport marketing or, or sport business, but then you kind of focused on another area of the sport industry, whether it be law or psych or admin or journalism. Um, but the quirky thing there was our at the time didn't have a full journalism major it was English yeah Um, so you took a bunch of English classes writing but there was some journalism minor you could so you would take English and writing journalism minor and then these sports studies classes Uh, so you might be talking to the only person you'll ever meet with a major uh, a, a bachelor in sports studies with a minor in journalism English Math and psych.
0: Oh my goodness. So you did a
1: lot. You, <laughs> yeah, well, I was able to transfer those credits from my engineering days, the classes I actually did well in. And, and just by the time I was leaving school, I had, I was like one class shy of getting the minor in math and the minor in psych and whatever. So I was just like, I should just take those classes and just get the minor. Just why not? So how,
0: how many years did that take you?
1: Well, because I switched majors into a completely different area, I, had, I stayed for a fifth year. Okay. So yeah.
0: Okay. And so now, where are you at now?
1: So at the end of my college career, I decided I wanted, ESPN was my goal. I wanted to work at ESPN, I wanted to get there somehow. So I applied to jobs all across the country. I just happened to get a couple of bites on uh, some positions in Connecticut, at, for, it was for a newspaper, which now are, you know, is, is not a great uh, industry to be in the print part of it, the digital part of it, yes, but not so much the print part of it. Um, but I got a job at a newspaper. It was actually the next town over from Bristol, where ESPN is located. Went and interviewed, they gave me the job. I moved down, I said, well, if I'm gonna move to Connecticut, I wanna be as close to Bristol, or to ESPN as I could. So I actually found an apartment complex down the street from Bristol, from ESPN in Bristol. Moved there, uh, worked there, I became the sports editor after a few years. And then, but also, stumbled into a part-time job at ESPN. Uh, so I'd work at the paper five nights a week, at ESPN two nights a week, uh, just inputting stats and whatever grunt work you know they would have me do. And then that turned into a daytime part-time job at ESPN. Uh, so I was doing the newspaper five nights, the daytime part five days, and just kind of figuring things out What I had no wife, no kids, so I, you know, spend the time doing that um, as much as I could. Eventually, that led to a full-time job at ESPN. So I left the newspaper stuff behind and started my career at ESPN. Um, so it's, it'll be 17 years, including the part-time work uh, this fall. So.
0: Wow, so you were, you were grinding to get to where you had to go.
1: I, I was grinding, man. I, I did whatever I could. Like I said, the first job at ESPN was just inputting stats. We'd have TiVo or DVR or whatever to record games. And we would stop and we would do the actually do the play-by-play for the site at the time. So it was before automated stats. Now the SID's office is in charge of all the schools sending in the automated stats. But for us, we were inputting it by hand in the office. Um, so I started by doing that. Then I moved over to the sports nation group, uh, which yeah. turned into a TV show. Yeah. yeah. So we, we were, um, know that was all about fan interaction and and fan interactivity doing poll questions and doing chats online and all that um so once we grew out of that we uh went from sports nation to it was called the now team which was just kind of like little blurbs on the side of the website to kind of just give people heads up on what news is and now I work for the, they call it the audience engagement team, which is exactly the way it sounds. It's just a, a, a buzzy word of, of saying it, you know, our, our team's in charge of getting fans to engage with our content and getting fans to stay on our site as long as possible. So we program the app, we program the website, we move things around. We see that this story here is performing better than this story down here. So we move stories up and down the page. So that when you come to the site, you get fed the tops, either the top stories or the stuff that you just you've told us that you're interested in. So if you're a Eastern Kentucky fan, you 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 tell us, you know, you you log in on your account and you favorite Eastern Kentucky. When you log in, anything new with Eastern Kentucky will pop up right to the top of your feed. Oh, nice. uh, so we're in charge of kind of like moving those pieces around. Uh, and then in the last I don't know two, year and a half, two years, I've also gotten into the analytics side of things. Which kind of feeds that audience engagement team. So it's a smaller group. We're trying to build it. Uh, so uh, we'll look through. We, you know, we we have Adobe Analytics, we have Chartbeat, we have all these tools at our disposal that will help us see which stories are performing or dive into it. Be like, yeah, this story is doing really well, but people were mostly clicking on it this morning. Currently, people are clicking on this story instead. Let's move this around. So we kind of are trying to help feed our our bigger team, more in-depth data to better program the site and keep fans around longer and engaged and reading our content. Um, so it's, it's ever evolving. It's, uh, an interesting area, but it's, uh, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun too.
0: It sounds like it. So you say you've been doing this for 17 years now. Yeah. And so the internet has changed quite a bit in 17 years, because I'm thinking initially when you started, social media wasn't really that big of a presence. And so now social media is basically how we get breaking news on a lot of things. Can you tell me, like, how does social media interact with your day-to-day now?
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, just about when I started, that's what we were trying to uh, create sort of with our sports nation team. Like we did online chats. Well, when, once players, athletes, sports figures started using Twitter more, they don't need to fans don't need to come to us to ask questions. They can just go right to those personalities on Twitter or Facebook or wherever they're going to ask questions. But we have a whole, we have a whole social media team now, um, with our site that we might not get, fans to come to our site but at least they're consuming our content so we might put out a story on uh lebron signs with the lakers so we'll put it up on facebook and it'll do bonkers numbers a lot of engagement there fans will click on it they might come to our site and they might not uh, they might just see the news on facebook and whatever but we so we we're constantly trying to find ways to integrate the social media presence um, either just being by being aware and saying, hey, this video that the um, Sports Center Instagram account put up is doing really well for Sports Center Instagram. Let's cut that for our site and put it on the site because clearly it has a fan base and people are engaging with it here. We should incorporate it into our site. Um, on, on our app, if you go, there's a, there's a carousel that says ESPN stories and a lot of those stories are fed from things that are performing well on social media that are, I mean, we have you know all of our major accounts, ESPN, NBA on ESPN, SportsCenter, like all of our major social media accounts we're constantly monitoring to see what's doing well there, what's performing well for us on the site, what's performing well for us on the app and making sure the content is placed appropriately. Because um, in the end, content is king, will always be king. Um, it's just making sure fans see that content and then they tell us if the content is doing well or not by the data and the analysis that we can do on it
0: so when you say content is king do you mean that the more fans interact with it the better the better it is
1: for you all that that yep plus also just um like for instance the olympics just happened olympics aren't a part of our broadcast rights we have very limited um rights to use uh video and everything else so our focus is as often on the story behind the athletes we want to know how they got there we want to know um you know their daily grind how they get, became interested in their sport and those are the stories that we often tell and we've seen a lot of good traction with those kinds of things during the olympic period the fans still come to us knowing that we don't have you know, the video or the broadcast of the games, but they still want to see those stories. Yeah. So we, we kind of like look at those kinds of things and say, okay, so when the Olympics come around, let's tell us more of those stories. Let's, let's, let's give the fans kind of what they're telling us that they want. Um, or, you know, or it's, you know, the, the content from social media, it, it's doing well there. So that's the content that fans are looking for. Let's bring it onto the site and let's, um, Make sure we place it so that fans can see it there. So the good content, whether it's video or written form, or even just uh, you know our Sports Center team on TV is awesome at just making graphics for for the screen that they put on Sports Center. Even sometimes those just perform well in just like a a picture card or within a story um, within a story file. So whatever whatever type of whatever format the content is taking, we want to make sure that we're feeding that to the fans and giving them. What they're asking for, uh, and what they've shown us in the past that they're that they're looking for.
0: One of the things that I've noticed is that, speaking of social media, a lot of the narrative, like you know, I I, I can imagine when you first started, ESPN was the narrative of all sports, pretty much. Now with social media, athletes kind of have their own. They can, they're just they're another piece of the narrative, or they can. Yeah, I know a lot of athletes say they they like to control the narrative, but, you know, obviously media has some control in that too and, and how the meat and how those stories change. But one thing that you said that was interesting is that you're trying to tell more so the story behind the athletes. And um, I see that you guys have like ESPN 30 for 30s now, and then you have outside the lines and programs such like those, um, those kind of tell more, of the story behind the athletes. Can you go a little bit more into detail about how you guys, how you all find stories behind the athletes to, to, to give the fans?
1: Yeah, I mean, we have um, unbelievable investigative team both. I mean, the, the thing with ESPN, if, if you're a good reporter or if you're a good storyteller, we're going to try and give you the opportunity to, to um, tell that story everywhere. So it's not the days of just you being a writer and you write your story and you send it to your editor and then you on to the next story. No, you're going to be on Sports yeah. Center talking about it. You're going to be making, maybe you'll make a 30 for 30 if the story is really compelling. Maybe you'll be on the radio talking about it. Like you're going to be, you're going to be everywhere. And I mean, that's great. I mean, that gives opportunities for all these stories to come out. So we have an investigative team that will produce written stories or will do, um, over the line, uh, outside the lines, or we'll do the thirty for thirties, oh, or it might just be a little clip for Sports Center, like they do, like a five-six minute video hit on Sports Center for this small little story, um, and and then you know they'll, maybe they'll broadcast it on uh, the Sunday morning Sports Center. They usually do a lot of more featurey stories on that um, that edition. So, and, and the interesting thing there too is because we are so big, you know. You might have a 30 for 30 that does really well it brought, they broadcast it on linear TV, ESPN, ESPN two, whatever does really well there. and then they bring it on to digital and maybe the streaming numbers aren't so good or maybe there's a written part that that um, performs I mean everything has a potential to perform at different rates. but that's fine because you know maybe it's more of a story for TV or maybe it's more of a story for the written form. It, but whatever format it takes, you know, we're able to tell the story in all those different formats. And then the, 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 the users and the fans can consume it however they see fit. They can consume it, you know, on their screen commuting to work. They can read the story at their desktop. We see a lot of engagement during the working hours yeah. <laughs> because people are at their computers at work, you know, and they're surfing the surfing the net and, and finding stories online, you know, uh, during the day, during working hours. So it's, whatever format you want it in if the the stories will be told there in those formats
0: yeah and see that's that's really good so let's take it back so i want to just assume that you know i'm someone who wants to get into digital media in this in the sporting world what kind of skills would be necessary for me to to get into this field
1: yeah i mean it's it's so varied um, I have told many a people this that I am confident. I don't think a hundred percent, but there's a very large percentage of degrees that you could get and find a job at ESPN. We, we have an on-site well, we we did pre-pandemic anyway, an on-site gym, so you could become a personal trainer and work at ESPN. Wow. We we used to have an on-site nurse, but I think she may have left or. Something, but we had a nurse, so there's a medical person. You know, we we have a legal team. Obviously, we have an accounting team, business side. You know, you can be in the media side. You know, we have editing, we have writing. Like, it's you can get a degree in a lot of different areas and potentially computer science. I mean, if I had stayed with my my electrical engineering, computer engineering, I could have found a job. You know, with our on our tech side, like there's so many different areas that you can study or get a degree in, and then find a, a job at ESPN. Or you could study something and then do a complete career change. You know, there was a, there was a guy who I always found interesting just for his name. I don't, I don't remember seeing him much because I didn't watch a lot of IndyCar, but in the 90s, there was a guy they called Dr. Jerry Punch. And he was the um, racetrack, basically courtside reporter, but for the racetrack for um, broadcasting IndyCar races. And he was a, he was a licensed physician and he just did a career change and became a, a, wow. a racetrack reporter. So like you could still get a degree in something and, and find your way. But I think the, 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 the best way in is also something I've learned is to never say no. Um, I would never have thought that I would be, have a job where I'm at right now doing what I do. I mean, in addition to the other things I talked about, I also we also, our group is in charge of all the alerts that you get on your phone or your tablet or whatever you're the, you're the
0: person that keeps me up late at night. Exactly.
1: <laughs> when you hear that da, da 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 on your phone, yeah, that's our team. Everyone
0: who who, who knows ESPN knows that chime. I was actually, yeah, I just heard that chime just a couple minutes ago. Da 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 da. <laughs> I'm like, wow.
1: So now I know who to blame it on. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So yeah, our team, you know, sends out those alerts. So I mean when i started that was not even a thing um i think that that part of the group is less than 10 years old the alerts team so there's a
0: whole dedicated team just for alerts yeah i mean it's within our bigger group
1: but yeah we have a a subset of that group that's just dedicated for 18 hours a day sending alerts to people's phones so they'll they'll they'll, they'll, you know, um, take the news, parse it out, decide that this is worthy of sending to people's phones. And, you know, and people talk about what the user is telling you what you want. People have signed up and said, send me news when something happens about LeBron or the Lakers or the NFL, send me that news. And so we are in charge of filtering that type of news and deciding. yes, we think all Lakers fans want to know about this, or we think people have told us that the LeBron fans want to know about this news or story or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so don't, I, I have never, I've tried to not say no when I've been presented with an idea or an opportunity. Um, when I first started inputting that data, like I was just excited to be on campus and be at ESPN. I was relatively new in the field and I just wanted. I figured if I get my foot in the door who knows what can happen and you know and then I transferred to a different group and then it's just kind of progressed from there but it's it's just you know just keep keep pushing keep pursuing and don't say no you know and you never know what the next opportunity is going to bring you
0: yeah so what is what's like the busiest day of the year for you are there are just all are they all busy
1: uh we're coming into it actually it's Saturdays and Sundays during during the fall for football season are are pretty pretty busy for us i mean we don't have we have a ton of college football broadcast rights so we can send out a lot of video there's whatever 112 division 1 football teams so we've got a lot of games on our air every saturday we've got a lot of video we can cut if we want to there's a lot of scores we can send i mean we focus on the big teams of course but if a big play happens there's ha- something happened a year or two ago, was a, some, something happened with UMass, I forget what it was, but there was a big play that happened at UMass and we sent it out and it did pretty decent numbers um, for us, a lot of opens and um, engagement. So we're monitoring that on Saturdays. And then on Sunday, we don't broadcast the games, but people are, I mean, the the spikes in our our users coming to our site, you know, spike, a lot of it's for fantasy football. We I was, was going to say, football.
0: fantasy football would have to do a lot with that. I mean, yeah. myself included. I mean, you know, now it's kind of it's like Wizard of Oz. I'm finally seeing who's behind the mask here. That's, that's right. all the alerts. We'll,
1: well, keep coming, keep coming to the site, man. Keep 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 helping us pay those bills.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's <laughs> which which is crazy. So, so on. So, are you guys the ones who might send something to? Maybe like a top ten play, or who who gives those suggestions?
1: Um, for so, so if it makes the TV, sh- if it makes like our our official Sports Center top ten plays, that's they have a whole team looking out for those things, and they have a whole video team cutting things for that. Once it airs on Sports Center, and if we see it as a digital team, we're like, oh, that's kind of a cool play. We might then incorporate it into our site. We might send an alert on it. We might post it on you know if it's an NBA play, post it on the NBA pay index page on the website Um, but while we're one big company we're also kind of siloed a little bit like the tv group has their people that kind of decide what's best for their platform same with radio same with digital we kind of all work as a team overall but kind of also focus on our specific platforms it sounds like you have a lot of hats that you wear (laughs) yeah i mean there's 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 you know there's a lot of different things you got to watch out for too. Like, um, yeah, you got to pay attention to what's happening on our TV shows, on our radio shows, but also what's in the happening in the sports world in general. Um, me, for me personally, you know, I do the audience engagement bit, but then I also, I've been doing a lot more with the analytics stuff. So you got you know, I get my, I get my nerd fix. We're working on Excel spreadsheets and pumping out data and creating, things to help our team you know get better and and see things in different ways so yeah it's it's you know you're constantly looking at different things and and in different ways but you know that's also sports too it's just there's constantly things to do and constantly things to learn and get better at just you know like a lot of other industries as well
0: so going back to so clearly we're kind of deal in the pandemic I don't know it depends on who you talk to <laughs> but yeah. the, when the when the beginning of it happened so I was watching the uh that Utah Jazz game and Dallas Mavericks I think they were playing and they, they didn't come out for the second half it, yeah. like it was kind of yeah. just like a what in the world and I can imagine that might have been a crazy day for you all but can you explain like how did the pandemic change your job if at all
1: Uh, yeah that's a great question so there was a lot of obviously uncertainty i mean at the at the time sports was such a small and insignificant part i can remember being in a virtual meeting and usually you know the we were um talking about the specific meeting was about search and how fans find us through google search and that kind of thing and the person who was talking was saying yeah sports is nowhere near like in the top 10 searches right now it's toilet paper it's it's uh, coronavirus it's you know uh, hand sanitizer it's paper towels like these are the things people were searching for online wow. not sports so initially you know thing yeah things were a little crazy and um we didn't really know what to do uh it kind of um, because there's like no sports at the time you yeah know? there was no sports there was nothing really to go on I mean that from for me it was a chance because I was relatively new to this new data role I was able to kind of dive into some things some projects there but in terms of sports as a whole there was nothing going on so we we did um, you know we got we had to get creative so we 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 did a an extra edition of ESPN the Ocho where we bring on like all these crazy. Uh, like
0: so I watched, I, so if you're like, I don't know how much hands you have in that, but I watched a foosball documentary at like two o'clock at night. Yeah. And so yeah. if you're yeah, responsible perfect. for that, you you, you have
1: you have me stay up again. <laughs> I personally was not, but I wish I were. Cause some of these things I have no idea even existed. I think last year there was a, a cherry pit spitting competition.
0: This yes. year there was an
1: air guitar competition. Yes, that, was, that was fantastic, by the yeah. way. So great. So last year we dipped into that bucket a little bit more. We set up these, actually I don't know if we set it up or if we work with other companies, but we, anyway, we broadcast, there was those, um, uh, horse contests with NBA players. They were on their, like their own zoom cameras Yeah. and they were doing horse online. Um, I think they still did. It was either the big three or the basketball tournament. I think one of those still happened. And I think maybe we had some of that on, um, I forget. It was basically just like, we went to the vault, we were pulling out 30 for 30s that maybe we hadn't put on air in forever. Like it was just trying to fill space and air and content in any way we can. Um, but again, that, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. And the stuff that they, that they had to recycle or bring back was probably stuff that they knew performed well, you know, some of the better 30 for 30s they probably brought back that people really tuned into and made sure to watch. Oh, the last dance. That was, that was, that was it. That was a huge man that. Yeah. That
0: That was amazing. That that was great. That was a great 10 hours of my life dedicated to, to Michael Jordan.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And 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 then they, each week they broadcast, I think the previous episodes. So if the, the next episode was airing at seven, they would back it up and do from one to three and three to five and five to seven, they would broadcast all the episodes leading into the next one. And I think the final week they did like an all-day marathon or something um, yeah. so we just had to get creative and we just you know we had to rely on the resources. thankfully ESPN had lots of resources and lots of content and over from over the years we aired old basketball games old football games and we just kind of had to fill it in any way we could and same thing that was on TV same way on you know in digital space too we did more feature stories we we pulled more video from social media we pulled more video from sports center stuff that they were airing and just we had to fill the space and it still went on you know people are still coming to us to looking for stuff and that's i
0: think that's one of the the things that makes sports so great is because if you look at just society as a whole you know when my parents were growing up, if there was a TV show on, everyone would watch the TV show and they would go back the next day and talk about it. Whereas now we have things like Netflix and Hulu and other things like, like that nature that, you know, people say, well, did you watch it? Well, I'm on this episode. I'm not, you know, I'm not all caught up. But the right. kind of like the last thing is sports that we all watch together. And that's, I think that's what, make the, what made the last dance so special is because we were all watching it together. Right. And, and so you, you, you have a job that captures those moments where we all watch things together, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yep. But on the flip side of that during the pandemic pandemic, there was also social issues that, that happened during those times. And so, um, and I noticed there was, there was alerts that there were about the social issues too. So at what point did you guys decide to make, you know, just athlete content or this is a society content and this is important for sports fans to know as well
1: it's it's I don't, i'm not sure it's a um full-on conscious decision like if if it's this then it's this and if it's like there's it's very difficult to put everything categorize everything or put things into buckets one way or the other but when you've got you know i mean it was after play came back but when you had the bucks and Hawks, it was the, I think.
0: Thing is the Bucks and the Magic, where Magic, they, yeah. yeah, refusing
1: to come back on the court. Then you, you know, if you're, we weren't sitting on the sidelines then. But if you were, and you were like, you know, we're not talking about social issues on this site because it's not sports. You had to then, yeah, you had to. And I think that was the point of those players at the time was, you know, we want people to listen. This is the only way we, we think we can make that happen. We were on board prior to that. You know, when you've got your biggest sports stars talking about these things, you have to report on it. And we, we even have a, a site dedicated to the intersect of race, sports and culture, the, the undefeated. I love that. Yeah, I love that site. Yeah. And they put out some great stories and they were in the forefront of a lot of the stuff that we featured um, at the time. But you I mean, you have to you can't. I know, and and I know you know it's out there. Oftentimes, when ESPN does kind of get too much into it, there's a a subsect of fans that gets mad about that. But you know, uh, what was the shoot? Was it LeBron? Somebody was some politician or something told LeBron just bounce the ball or something. Yeah, something just like dribble, that. yeah. It was so just, Fox just, news. Yeah, that said that. Yeah. yeah. It was some some like dismissive comment, like just just bounce the ball. Well, why why are is someone else's comments about what's happening any or any less or more interesting relevant than what LeBron has to say, or you, or I have to say, like we all have opinions on what's going on. It, it's just that these players and athletes fans have decided they're interested in what they have to say. So we, we were there to report on that. If, if, if we've decided that they're worth reporting on when they're shooting baskets, and they're worth reporting on when they're talking about other things. So we kind of, and, and you know, sometimes it's, we, ha- we have to figure out what the best way to present that is. But that's usually when we get a, a larger group conversation going, or we reach out to our bosses and figure out how they want to play things. But I think you still have to do it. You still have to pay attention to all what, everything, just not just what's happening on the court, but off the court as well.
0: That's great. Okay. So I have a have a little bit of a personal fan question for you. All right. As as a fan here. Have you met any famous athlete or personalities
1: on your job? That is, yeah. Well, my first full-time yeah, first full-time job with ESPN was in the Sports Nation group. And my personal responsibility was running all the sports nation online chats that we did. Yeah. So Anytime someone would come to Bristol for Sports Center, we we put them through what was called the car wash. So they would do Sports Center at noon. They would do Sports Center at one. They would do they would sit down for an interview with Outside the Lines. They would go talk to a reporter from ESPN.com, and they would do an online chat with uh, with Sports Nation. So I was the guy who was moderating those. We put up a link on the site. Fans would submit questions. I'd read the questions off and type in the answers, or whatever. So I, I, I've been uh it's been blessed to have been a part of a number of those yeah i met a bunch of actors not i mean met i sat in the same room with an actor i didn't really meet them we're not we're not buddies we're not sending christmas cards or anything but like billy crystal i was in the room with doing a chat vince vaughn wow. uh the rock came through he was really cool um who else uh well he's retired now but like donovan McNabb was really big at the time he came through the office uh, Lawrence Taylor came through. Rob Gronkowski came through. There was one day. It was going to happen on a Saturday, and I volunteered to come in. We thought Michael Jordan was going to come through, and that would have been. I would. I would have done. Had to do my best. I'm usually not. Like you know, I'm there to work, and they're there to work. So I wasn't really a, too much of a fanboy when those. But if that had happened, I would have probably melted in my chair because that would have been the ultimate moment for me. Growing up in Chicago, I've been a huge Bulls fan, but. I think it didn't end up happening. I think there was a scheduling thing or whatever, but so that didn't happen. So, is, um, is there
0: anybody that that you've ever been? I know you gotta be professional, but there's anybody like internally, like you're really like shook that that you. Hey, this this person is here today.
1: Yeah, um, it wasn't uh, an athlete actually, but the one of the best online chats I ever did was with Will Farrell. He was wow. so down to earth so cool like he was actually looking over my shoulder looking at the questions like let's do that let's, let's take that one there and this is what i'm going to say and we, you know and he was just like he was totally cool totally down to earth um you know and have definitely been some opportunity or, or instances where that's been the opposite <laughs> where you're like huh, like that guy's giving me like one word answers like sometimes the, we didn't do it only just in person sometimes we'd reach out to pr firms or teams and be like hey can we get 15, 20 minutes with so-and-so and we get him on the phone and they'd be good on the phone or not so good on the phone or in park, whatever. Um, but I, I think Bill Ferrell was probably my favorite one of all time, just because he was just so down to earth. I wasn't expecting that at all. I mean, and he was, I, I don't think it was an act, maybe it was, he's a, he's a pretty good, uh, funny, funny and funny guy, but it, it seemed genuine too. Like he seemed genuinely funny. And not that he was putting on an act, like he seemed pretty relaxed and he was just a funny guy.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So I have one last question for you. Sure. And this is for anyone who is interested in following your footsteps. Uh, I mean, I I know you probably don't want them to start off as an engineer, then end up in sports (laughs) studies. But um, if there there was one thing, one piece of advice that you would have for someone who wanted to get into your field, like they like, let's say that this person may be in college or they're aspiring or they're about to graduate or something. Um, What's the one piece of advice that you would advertise to someone who wants to be the next Jeremy Dominic?
1: Yeah. So especially now, and this is something I did not do when I was in college, which I think kind of um, hurt me a little bit in in the beginning, was just do as much as you can, whether it's interning, whether it's working for the school newspaper or website or whatever, working for the school radio, um, do whatever you can in that particular field and get as much experience as you can. It'll open your eyes maybe to things you didn't know. It will, um, uh, you might make contacts, network with people. Uh, And and that's the other thing too, is reach out to your alumni association. Like just get as much knowledge, experience, create as many opportunities as you can for yourself um, while you're in school. I I still remember a conversation I had with my my guidance counselor, but my my, uh, Ed, what what do they call them now we call them we
0: call them
1: academic advisors now there you go academic academic advisors there you go yeah so i of have a conversation i had with my advisor um and he's like and this was you know a few years into my college career and he's like so what do you want to do you know what's your ultimate goal and in my ultimate naivete i said i want to broadcast for the chicago cubs i want to be the broadcaster for the chicago cubs not knowing anything about the path that it would take to get there, not knowing th- at the time, looking back on it, but not, not knowing at the time, like I was doing nothing to get myself in that direction. I was just, that was just my dream. Clearly that, that didn't happen, but you know, I, I could have taken more opportunities to do, you know, I, uh, well, I went, I think one time I went to our school radio station i wanted i was like oh well i'll start i'll help out broadcasting because university of new hampshire is really good with hockey it's like well i'll help broadcast their hockey games and like well yeah well you don't just jump in the booth like we need someone in the office running the board or looking up stuff to give to the people but but you're in the the radio station you're not actually at the game and i'm like well, i want to be at the game i want to go watch the game um so that didn't, that, that didn't really work out for me. I, so I, like I said, I didn't do a very good job of it, but looking back, that would have been nice to have been told and to know to to get more involved and create those more opportunities. By the time I graduated, I had more of those experiences. I, I did some freelancing for the local newspaper. I interned for a local minor league hockey team. Like I did some of that stuff prior to graduation. Um, I just wish I would have done more of that early in my career. I mean, that probably had something to do with my <laughs> engineering start and yeah not knowing what i wanted to do i mean i was 18 i didn't know what the heck i wanted to do so yeah no yeah I, of, I get
0: it yeah
1: forget it so this has been the uh the
0: second dominic that i've had on the show <laughs> and uh this is and, and you guys you guys are great so i really appreciate your time awesome. and thank you for coming on the show it's been great i think you're really going to help a lot of people so once again thank you for coming on I appreciate it
1: awesome man you're welcome hopefully uh there's some some insight in there somewhere with between all the rambling
0: no you did you did great you did awesome until next time see you later
1: bye